Hey, what's up, guys? It's Big Cat. Before you start listening to this episode, I wanted to let you know that we're running a special sale on all Barstool merch. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. What it is! This is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And this is Hard Factor. And there is no one that does it better right now. Yeah, no. But he does it better. I ain't repeating myself. Go ahead, tell me something right now. Yeah, and I'm living in a nightmare. And I'm not a racist. And I'm always cheering. Oh, yeah. Welcome to another episode of Hard Factor, presented by the Barstool News Network. It is Thursday, August 27th, 2020. Boys, how are you doing? We got any uh, big, fresh topics to talk about at the top of the day? Got no, I think... Brain busters? I think, I think we're good. I think I've got it all out for a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have one some, thing. What's that? What's uh, that? My, ref- my holographic tracksuit finally came. I was just about to say that's not tracksuit. That's not what you're wearing, is it? Nope. Yep. I'm wearing. You're wearing a black tracksuit. I mean, it's just a matte black. I mean, it's just a black hoodie, basically. I like it, but it doesn't look very hologrammy. Yeah. The pictures were like white, clear, rainbowy. Like. Yeah, I dropped the picture in the top of the notes there. You see it? See what it's supposed to look like? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. That doesn't look anything like what they sent you. Yeah. Not at all. It's, it's in fact, it's the polar opposite. I'd say if you could have the exact opposite of what you ordered, that's what arrived. That picture it, looks incredible, and now that I look at it, unbelievable. That makes sense. Right. It only cost one hundred seventy nine dollars yeah. and took three and a half months to get here. So wow. <laughs> you got to You got to get a refund. Got to get a refund on that. Oh, have fun getting a refund from those fucking people. Yeah, yeah, the people that uh, with their broken English lets me know that they're in fact based out of China, the country that made this tracksuit shittily yeah, that, on man, demand. That is a taunt. They're just taunting you. They're taunting that's another, you. That's right another now. L that yeah. the U.S. took from China. They've probably already changed their company name, went sure. out of business. You're not getting your money back. <laughs> you know what? Now that I look at this, uh, have you tried exposing that tracksuit to a UV light, to a black light? Because right. now that I'm looking at this photo, he definitely has a weird light on him. Yeah, but. This is not that, Will. There's just <laughs> okay. there's, I agree. There might be something more to this. There might be more I can get out of this thing with some sort of lighting, but this is not that. No, it's not. It's not. Shit. Uh, but we well, got to get to the news, right? We, the we, news. we got, we got yeah. four big stories, and then we got an interview with Nevada uh, State Assemblyman uh, Steve Yeager at the end of this. That was a fun chat, so stick around for that for sure at the end. But uh, Pat, get us going. Gentlemen, let's let's kick over to what's going on in Wisconsin. So on Tuesday night, there was a, a third night of protesting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that ultimately left three people shot, two of whom died. Uh, the demonstrations, which in some instances turned into riots, were in response to the police shooting death of uh, not death, the police shooting of, of Jacob, uh, who's still alive, the 29 year old black man. Jacob Blake. Yeah, yeah Blake, Jacob Blake, who was shot uh, seven times in the back by police as he attempted to get in his vehicle after an altercation. Uh, Blake survived the shooting and, according to his father, is paralyzed from the waist down. Uh, there are reports that Blake was initially attempting to break up a fight between two women before his altercation with the police. Uh, official details of what led up to the shooting uh, have not yet been released. So uh, that's pretty much what we know. Um, the NBA is not playing or did not play last night. Right. All the games suspended uh, in protest. Yes. Milwaukee walked off the court. Um Yeah. It started it, and then very quickly after that, all the games got suspended. Um, the Players Association came out with a statement. LeBron James and a lot of the players tweeted out, like, you know, like we're 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 through, we're sick of this until things change. You know, probably not going to play. Kenny Smith yeah. walked off the set of NBA on TNT or whatever he's on. Um, yeah, hmm. yes. it was great. It was crazy. I also think that uh, happening Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon. May have more to do with what we're about to talk about, too, or equally as much. Right. Uh, I think I think tensions are really rising. I think it's just tensions are tipped over. Right. Yes. I don't think it, I don't think it's any one event. I don't. Well, right. I mean, it's about what what Pat just went over, which is what yeah. happened. But then I think also um, what what we're about to discuss, which which is the arrest of some of these people from 
what happened the night before. Right. And guys, a lot this uh, this is a touchy subject. The reason I'm saying, uh, you know, essentially official details have not yet been released is because that is the truth. There's some people uh, saying that, oh, he had a gun in his car, he had a knife in his hand, neither of which have been confirmed. And I do want to say one thing. If those were the cases, then that information, my guess, if I were in in charge of any sort of police department, I would release that very quickly to prevent any sort of looting, rioting, or reaction. So I just want to put that out there. If that were the case, it would make a lot of sense for them to release that information ASAP because that would help quell in the same way that they were swift in the justice against the police that killed... uh, to a certain extent, yeah, I mean, I 100 percent agree with what you're saying, Beef. Like that, that would be good informational release to to quell to a certain ex- a certain extent. But I, I think we've reached a tipping point. People are uh, upset, yeah. and people that are looking. Well, at they're this just and sick say, and tired, man. This yeah, is, they're this sick is and tired too much it. bullshit. Too much. Regardless yeah, so like, of what happened, right, this is right. Crazy. So, so people that are like, he he had a sexual assault charge. He had a knife. Like, stop. You got you got to look at the big picture. It's not one event or one person. It's people everything are adding up. Sick and tired, and it doesn't matter what comes out. With with the Blake story, it's it's reached a tipping point. That's that's Agreed. where we're at. So let's let, let's move on to what happened on Tuesday night, guys. The person being charged with first degree m- murder, two counts, uh, intentional homicide, is 17 year old Kyle Rittenhouse of Antioch, Illinois. So an outsider. Uh, he's a very cool and totally capable teenager whose social media points him to being police obsessed. Uh, or law enforcement obsessed. Uh, he's he was in like the Explorers program. He's got pictures of himself with his assault rifle, his AR-15, on his social media. Uh, and that's what he was using to patrol the streets of Kenosha the last couple of nights. He said in an interview the day before he murdered two people in front of a boarded-up building that had been damaged during the riots, that people are getting injured, and our job is to protect this business. And part of my job is to also help people. If there's somebody hurt, I'm running into harm's way, and that's why I have my rifle. I need to protect myself, obviously. Uh, guys, this brave and Grady misguided... Judd might need to um, think about his... His his wording after stuff like this going on, <laughs> right? Yeah, Grady, Grady Judge doubled down on he. This this that was the same speech he gave uh, after the George Floyd stuff. He gave the exact same speech. Yeah, well, that was from a seventeen year old kid with an assault rifle around his neck. Uh, this brave misguided right. child. That's what I'm saying like <laughs> that kid's not qualified to be uh, interested in the Blowing things people that he's away. interested yeah. in. Yeah. Yep. Um, he will now likely spend the rest of his life in prison and the two people he killed will be dead forever. Uh, I am sure, guys, it will come out why he killed these people. Uh, it's hard to tell in the video evidence uh, of one of the murders because it makes it unclear. Essentially, there's uh, there's two incidents. There's an incident at a gas station that where he goes behind cars. You can hear gunshots. Then he gets on his phone and says something like, I, I just killed someone or I think I shot someone runs away down a street. He's chased by a bunch of other people who try to detain him because he just murdered people and take his gun away. He falls to his butt, fires his gun at the people who are trying to take his gun away. Uh, One of the people he shoots does not get up. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the person, one of the two people that had died. It might just been one of the people that are shot. Uh, So it's unclear exactly what happened. uh, Horrific horrific sight. Uh, Julio uh, Rosas was out there and he was like right on the scene with a bunch of uh, coverage around I believe uh, the shooting, it was insane. Check out his Twitter profile. It was crazy, guys. And there are multiple videos of this hardo child marching around town, rocking his AR-15 with autonomy. He's waving to police. In one clip, an armored vehicle, uh, police vehicle, uh, rolls up and offers water to the armed militiamen who are hanging out, he being one of them, with, with their loudspeaker. And as you would expect a thirsty 17-year-old police-obsessed hardo kid to do, uh, when given the opportunity to interact with real law enforcement, Kyle enthusiastically takes the officers up on their offer of water, wandering around the vehicles for almost a minute, following up on that water. He says, hey, you guys offered water? I really, I want that water. I need it. He, like, runs out of his group to, like, interact with the cops. And just like a, it's, it's just like a puppy dog looking to get desire and approval from real police. Well, is it, right, but he's a criminal. I mean, that that's the issue. He's, he, he's a wannabe cop but he's but he's a wannabe cop well, with a hard on for guns and makes him a criminal well and you have to be 18 like is well that's there a law? that's the larger yeah. point guys because then the Why police they ID him? check this out this is what's going on out there the police then give him water while simultaneously giving this 17 year old kid approval saying we appreciate you guys we really do and the problem is he's a fucking child with an assault rifle he isn't even right. old enough to legally own and he would right. literally need parental consent if he wanted to join the military so these cops, this kid is illegally walking around with a fucking assault rifle right in front of them. And the cops are like, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for keeping it safe. You 17 year old piece of shit who has no idea what the fuck he's doing down here. And then these militiamen, no matter what their fucking intentions are, are allowing a 17 year old kid to be in their midst who's clearly fucking. Look, I, I, I don't get the militia thing, whatever. But this is like your typical creepy, obsessed kid with well, firearms. They're coming, look, they're coming in because they because they feel that all of 
you know, the protests and everything is just so to out of control their homes that they and their have to protect their community. Their homes and their business uh, and the community, you know, yeah. And their cars. From, from and, being destroyed yeah. by these right. riots or whatever. But it's just totally out of control. It doesn't absolve anything. Obviously, the fucking kid isn't, you know, he's a murderer. He's terribly killed two people. So, yeah. you, you, like, you... you it, but this situation is created by inaction at the people in power, right. both at the local and federal level, everywhere. Everybody's failing on doing anything about it. And that's why people are fucking fed up with it. Yeah. Yeah. This is this isn't like a pick a side thing. This is sad all around there. This isn't going to happen like to the police it, bill in Congress. Yeah, this isn't like an isolated incident. There's going to be violent protests that are going to res- be responded by people protecting their property that are going to cause violence that are going to respond with violent protests that are going to respond like it's it's like right well it's let's back, get it let's forth, get into the minutiae of that specifically it, it sucks it just sucks because uh, these were outsiders and i think this is a larger problem that we're realizing when shit goes down people come in from out of town on both sides to both protest and patrol right and Kyle was part of a militia potentially one that calls themselves the Kenosha Guard, which is a self-described local militia. And the Kenosha Guard set up a Facebook event uh, on Sunday night saying, quote, armed citizens to protect our lives and property. Uh, And on its main Facebook page asked any patriots willing to take up arms and defend our city tonight from the evil thugs? Question mark. No doubt they are currently planning on the next part of the city to burn tonight. Mm. That's not that's, a that's not a very healthy mentality. No, no, you're walking justif- into a fight with a gun. It's right, all guys. justification. They're giving themselves justification. They lose all it, sense of like what right and wrong is when they have to feel like they have this fucking power, and then they're murdering people. It's well, it's right. sad because you see like armed you you see armed protests go off well, like the one at you know Stone Mountain, Georgia, and then this isn't an armed protest. This is just a militia calling themselves calling themselves into action to defend against right. rioters who they have in their head determined are guilty and need to be, you know, protect the city needs to be protected yeah. against them. But that's not their job that, you know, it, and I know, but then you take it a layer back and then it's like to an extent, right guys, but that's the point where you devil's, can make the argument. devil's advocate to an extent, you know, the black lives movement sometimes is a little too hard on all the cops too. Like everyone's just so riled up and guys, and, and, and undoubtedly. It's terrible. We can't solve that problem on the show today, but what we can't what what we can point out is is a system of it. There's people have different opinions on it, but I'm sure no one will have the opinion that a 17 year old should have been out there doing this shit. Like so whatever led to that, this is a wake up call in a number of different respects. But guys of the militia, the Kenosha police chief shamed them during a press conference saying it doesn't help us that you guys are here. Uh, no. <laughs> which is in direct no in direct contradiction with what we saw from the videos from the scene where the police are thanking the militia, uh, waving to them, giving them approval and essentially autonomy to do what they want to do and saying, Not we really good. appreciate you guys. He also called out a Facebook invite that I couldn't find online, but he claimed that he saw that went out that seemed to be an Antifa type uh, Facebook invite echoing the same sentiment. So he's calling Rich, both cats out. Having, this is what's fucked up. There's just it's like a fucking gang war out on the streets. It's like it's not about the the BLM movement at this point. There's like there's like you know one there's militia groups. There's Antifa groups coming in to agitate shit, and it's like that that is so out of control. How has it gotten to this point? And nobody you know nobody's really taking any action to do anything about it. Uh, you know I mean I mean they are you know whatever Trump's trying saying he's trying to send in. National Guard or whatever in these situations, but it's got to be like a group effort from everybody. It's not a yes. side thing. It's right. it's, it's you, everybody needs to step up to put an end to this bullshit happening mm-hmm. right and, now. And well, I think you, I think you have a point there because the the sheriff called both sides out as as outside agitators. So my guess is that what's right. coming up here is the locals, right? The locals, and he thanked the people of Kenosha for being peaceful and respecting the 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 curfew that they've put in place. It seems like if you're pissed off and you want to drive somewhere to protest, you better be fucking peaceful. And and if you have a gun and you're militiamen, stay the fuck home because it's not your job to go protect someone else's business or do the let the cops do that. And guys, on Tuesday, Governor Ever, Evers uh, declined federal assistance mm-hmm. from the White House. However, on Wednesday, Trump tweeted, we will not stand for looting, arson, violence and lawlessness on American streets. My team just got off the phone with Governor Evers, who ex- agreed to accept federal assistance. Portland should do the same. And he followed it up by Tuesday or today, referring to yesterday. I will be sending federal law enforcement uh, and the National Guard to Kenosha, Wisconsin, to restore law and order. So that's cool and all, President Trump. Quick side note, uh, our boy Kyle was front row center at Trump's rally in Iowa, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave that there. And according to Kenosha police guys, federal agents and ha- are and have already been on the ground 
uh, in the form of the FBI, the ATF, U.S. Marshals and the National Guard. Uh, Wisconsin called these people in on Monday night. Additionally, Kenosha, P- or Kenosha PD put out a call throughout Wisconsin to all police departments and were reinforced by the hundreds. There were hundreds of sheriffs from all over the state. There were hundreds of National Guardsmen, uh, countless ATF, FBI. Uh, anyway, and Trump's saying he's sending the National Guard. They're already there. So take that for what it is. I don't know why he's doing that. Uh, it's but whatever, guys, it's a wake up call. Some shit needs to change. It's been happening for a while. I don't know what it else needs, to say about it. Needs it needs to change with a lot of people, though. Like people are like are, are so nasty online about this. They're like that. You can you can even like taste the racism with like, oh, oh the yeah. NBA, the NBA players walked off. Maybe I'll walk out of my job tomorrow. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, shut up. Like people yeah. are fed up. Like, can't you have any fucking sense of decency and humanity? These people are upset. Like, people need to band together. It's 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 yeah, objectively everyone needs wrong. To band together. The people that are saying <laughs> fuck the NBA players are a part of the problem too. The NBA players that are saying fuck fuck the, all the cops are part of the problem too. Like all, all everyone's a part of the problem right now. And and no unless, one's really unless doing it. you're listening, and that, which is what we should all be doing is trying to listen yeah. and respecting what your neighbor has to say and not attacking them for it. That's period. It like yeah. everyone's got their own opinions. Peace, love, harmony community oh it's disgusting it's it's ugly right now it is ugly but just one one thing if there are people going into cities to violently protest and express their discontent and there are people going into cities to protect quote-unquote protect the cities but it's like like, none if you guys just stay the fuck home if you stay the fuck home unless you're peacefully protesting we don't have these problems so it Horrible, horrible. They need to get it under control, but everybody needs to step up. I mean, I think we're everybody's listening, probably as sick as we are right here screaming about it. So 2020 is a real stinker. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. All right. Well, let's move it on to something. Uh pretty much, you know, I, it's hard it's hard to be as bad as that last uh piece, uh, but it's a different way of being bad. It's a natural disaster, guys. We covered it earlier this week, and hurricane season is in full fucking swing not only are the fires burning out in california and hot boxing the entire state of nevada listen to rep yeager talk about that a little bit later uh also hurricanes pounding pounding uh the gulf coast so uh sadly they're not coming to california put out the fires they're headed straight for the texas louisiana border we had we talked about it earlier this week when it looked like marco was headed to southeast louisiana and then Laura would come up to Texas, Louisiana border. Well, Marco was nothing, pretty much just tropical storm. Uh, Laura is the real deal. Strengthened mm. to a category four hurricane. Uh, uh, Second highest. Yeah it, it yeah, could, it could max out and get close to a category five, they say, if it really ramps up. Uh, but probably is going to hit land as a category four sometime around when this podcast is dropping right afterwards, 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., and it is going to hit Beaumont, Lake Charles area, directly where my wife's family is from. So hopefully uh, their house doesn't uh, get flooded again like it did in previous hurricanes. Uh, is their but, house on know. stilts? No, unfortunately. Mm. It's further, far enough mm. inland where they're hoping that it doesn't flood the neighborhood, uh, which is what you know most people who aren't like right on the coast. Um, and then if your house is on stilts of the Category 4, watch out. That's a lot of wind. So, they have they evacuated, correct? Manda- mandatory evacuation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everywhere yeah. in the Lake Charles Beaumont um, area has had a mandatory evacuation. Uh, you know, maybe people further out are going to start to, but they're estimating that you know L- Hurricane Laura is going to be bringing 120 mile per hour winds, uh, rains of up to 18 inches in some areas, and then of course the storm surge that may hit uh, during a high tide, which would be as bad as possible. Uh, hopefully it hits not at high tide at the peak of it. Um, and then also um, they're expecting floods to go inland 40 miles, anywhere from where the hurricane makes landfall. Jesus. So did they, like uh, a repeat of Rita, basically. Rita did they issue the evacuation orders before it strengthened or did they issue it? After? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually. So, I mean, oh, that's it, nice. It's, that's it's got the, it's got the highest uh, it's tied for the fastest increasing rate of speed for any hurricane. Um, uh, that's yeah. a bad record. Yeah, bad yeah. record to have. But uh, people, I think that they had issued the evacuation notice like a day or two ago. So that's okay. that's pretty good timing. Um, that's like the exact opposite of the record of most orgasms. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty shitty. Uh, <laughs> There's a joke. Hey, we found Try one. <laughs> well, I mean, the, you know, the only positive part about uh, hurricanes is the hurricane parties. So people just get fucked up. 
uh, while they wait to find out if their property is going to be completely destroyed. We can, t- <sighs> we can have a hurricane party at the Beeves house uh, for his birthday this Friday. Come this through. Fr- there you go. This Friday, through. Is the, this Friday, the Beeves turns 35. I got oh, sad news. Go. Mr. Beeves yep. was going to be on the show on Monday's show, but he had to postpone his trip. So but you guys will meet Mr. Beeves eventually. My father. Your hurricane party, I mean, you guys are totally not in the way of danger. So oh, it well, would just, just be symbolic. Just, yes, it's just like symbolic. It's just like, uh, yeah, spirit. Right. Yeah, 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 in yeah, spirit, yeah. a in couple spirit, days yeah, later. Yeah. So big, let's, uh, big week for women named Laura who are a total mess. Huge week for them. Oh yeah, this is so you. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> not 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 a good year. You never want to be named the name yeah. of the big hurricane. No, no. Katrina was not. Definitely Katrina wasn't not. a good year either. Laura, look what you did. Oh my god, yeah. this is so you. <laughs> All right, taking it to the internet for a meme from uh, the Broussards <laughs> from LSU who are in the path of the hurricane and going to be having a hurricane party. I assume. They say, attention, Texas and Louisiana, please transition from your quarantine drinking to your regularly scheduled hurricane drinking. This has been a public service announcement because everybody from that area of the country is very used to this every year. Just hoping everybody's house survives a storm. Yeah. <laughs> We're thinking My name about is you guys. A- Ashley, but they call me Smashley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a real Smashley situation. All right, guys. Have you guys ever uh, listened to music? Yeah, yes. I love it. Have you ever listened to music on weed? <laughs> uh, it's it's no news that drugs and music have a long history. You know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And really, you can replace rock and roll with anything. There are lots of styles of music and lots of bands uh, drew and continue to draw creative inspiration through a wide variety of drugs. But guess what? And here's where the majority of Will's worlds will collide and might make a little more sense of uh, Will in general and his mm. hobby of bird watching. Scientists are saying that birds sing more when high on drugs. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. You see, scientists at the University of Wisconsin and Madison were doing a study on birds and their singing habits, which we already kind of heard recently from Wes, a different study, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, about morning singing where the birds are just uh, getting ready ready for – yeah, yeah, they're they're warming up their voices for their midday coitus calls. Uh, And and in there, this this new study from Wisconsin um, is saying that uh, birds – they found that birds would hang out in areas that they sang in longer and more often than areas that they didn't sing in. So what, what they figured out was they must be connotating like remembering singing in a physical location and happiness. So they would, when they wanted to you know, sing or be happy, it wasn't for sex. It was for joy. They would go to the location that they all sang at. Um, so that led them to believe it was pleasure receptors in their brains that made them sing, which led them, or at least one of them to say, let's give them some fentanyl and see mm. if they sing more. Oh my! How many birds did they kill trying to do this? <laughs> yeah, I can tell you what this is. The, the people that gave these birds fentanyl are people that have never taken fentanyl, because uh, uh, or or not or, or, or well, I'm just saying or you're not wasting one, or the one guy. Yeah, you're not wasting yeah. any powerful opioids on birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they're, <laughs> they're trying to bring the birds down hey, with them. Misery loves break, company. Can you break a little <laughs> off for my bird? Yeah. Guess what, guys? The birds sang their asses off. High on fentanyl. They, they sang jazz style numbers, according to the scientists. So scientists in Wisconsin. That's really, I mean, come on. How can they say that? How yeah. can they say that it was jazz style? Jazz style. New, a new <laughs> free form. I want to hear this. A new style different than the birds had been singing it previously. <laughs> they, got, they got a better rhythm, a better beat, and the whole, the whole nine. Uh, they so started going, <laughs> girl, come on yeah. down. Dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, scientists in Wisconsin proved that singing for joy when high on drugs is something that I'm just going to assume every species does or would if they were high on drugs. Mm. That same scientist is like, hey, you want to get our pets high on fentanyl this weekend and play with them? Huh? Yeah. Hmm? Huh? Interesting See, study. Yeah. Imagine Wisconsin. how many windows they went into after they... Uh, oh yeah! After they went, <laughs> after they sang, they just flew into right. a window. What happens with the birds? Yeah, they just are all like addicted yeah. to fentanyl now. Dude, Pretty crazy study. Scientists treat birds like disposable, like like band aids. The way I read the study, they did use like, starlings, yeah. which are like, I mean, right. you know, it's you don't want to call anything worthless, I guess, but a starling is as close to worthless as it gets. I mean, the way I read the story from the article I read it from, and it may or may not be true, is it seems like it was a spontaneous mid-study thing to give them drugs. Like they're they're mm-hmm. like, wait. Let's try this out. I don't know. Yeah. How can we get a bunch of fentanyl <laughs> legally? Yeah. It was it was a fucked up study. Oh, yeah, for it, sure. It, it reads like uh, like it was done by like a questionable scientist. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Uh, guys, got a little situation happening in France. Uh, I think all of us men should know about. 
And uh, that is the start of the no bra movement. Um, you see, due, yeah, the no bra movement. See, due to COVID, the fact that people are going in, out into society less, French women are starting to go braless a lot more. And I'm not sure if I like this or not yet. Um, but from the article I read, according to a recent IFOP survey, three uh, percent of women said they never. What's that or, stand for? I don't know. It's some fucking like uh, you know think tank or some shit over there. Hmm. Um, so three percent of uh, of women said they never or rarely uh, wore a bra before the the COVID nineteen crisis, and it went up to eight percent during the lockdown, and has 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 leveled off at like seven after. So um, brawlessness is is way up over there. Also, well, of course. According to the, yeah, it's a home. French market research firm, uh, Institut Francis de Opinion Publique. Yes. I got no problem. I got no problem with this. Right? Yeah. What do you mean, Wes? You're not sure if you like it or not? Well, yeah. I think some breasts look better in bras than others. That's all. Free the Texas too is what I say. Don't you? <laughs> oh, you're saying like you're. Oh, you're I really. Saying, I, I don't you're, think it's my you're place to say. bras all the time. I'm saying well, yeah, Wes, I'm, Wes, is, Wes, is, Wes is part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, Wes is thinking about when he makes that, that dream trip to France. He's been thinking about how he's going to take in the ladies' tits. You want a bunch of 60-year-old women walking around? I don't know. Wes, Wes, is, going, Wes is making grunting noises. Oh, Wes hates National Geographic. They got, is they there got, lockdown over? So they it's got like no bras and hairy armpits over there. This is uh, not are they walking approved. around public like this? Or they just yeah, well, yeah, they're walking me. around public like this eventually. Oh, no. So, oh, yeah, it's according a nightmare. To, according to this study that the number of women who gave up the bra during the lockdown multiplied by three and more among young women. So under 25, which multiplied by four or five. So the biggest reason that women are going going braless is that it's just more comfortable that way. Fair enough. But a yeah. lot of but a lot of women, I understand. But a lot of women, especially under the age of 25, said the decision to go braless was motivated by, quote, the desire to fight against the sexualization of the female breast. Um, uh, yeah, it's like growing your armpit hair out, you know. Mm-hmm, exactly. So something like that. Uh, among the main reasons uh, given were continu- for continuing to wear a bra were the fear of verbal or physical harassment in the street and the I fear where, of being stared at where, by men. I wonder where they. I wonder where they'd get that idea from. Yeah, or yeah. judgmental looks from guys like Wes. Yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, I wonder where they. No, gonna, I mean, ninety percent of guys are just staring at the nips. Oh, for honey, sure. You got. Uh, I don't know. That's how to even. Tell you that's this, even but, with a bra. On. Mm-hmm. You got the type of so tits that need to be in a bra. Just take it. Take it from me. Honey. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Do, you, do yourself and the whole West. neighborhood a favor. So, uh, so we should get West the FBI shirt, female body inspector. I'll go. I will fly over there. Um, there's a uh, there's a really a, uh, so this guy Debrul, who's like the leader of this uh, uh, IFOP thing, he said, "quote There is a, a really a generational divide in this practice among women who don't practice it. The main obstacle is the fear of being the object of, of remarks." fear of being called to order quite simply and it's not surprising that it's young women who practice no bra the most because they're the ones who are the most at odds with the manifestation of patriarchy the culture of rape and all these injunctions that weigh on women's bodies so they uh they're saying fuck it and uh you know hell they, yeah they can do, they can do you, whatever ladies. the fuck they want I'm cool just, you know, I'm just good saying. for you mm-hmm. yeah um but hey uh do you guys know that fertility is a huge problem for guys um oh, oh, and things oh, don't yeah. get be- get better as we age um daddy's mission yeah we all know it now daddy's mm-hmm. uh mission spelled d-a-d-i is to make the process of fertility testing and sperm banking as comfortable convenient and cost effective as possible no more visits mm-hmm. to the sperm bank and uh you know jerking off in those rooms daddy has developed an at-home uh sperm collection kick la- allowing you to test and store your sperm from the comfort of your home and daddy takes your so daddy takes your sperm test it stores it for you so you don't have to worry about a thing and never have to leave your home these services and sperm banks usually cost thousands of dollars. Daddy provides an uh, at-home collection kit, a lab-tested fertility report, and a year of sperm storage, all for $199. Bucks. Uh, we're providing a special limited-time offer. Do they ever? YouTube.com slash hard factor. That's right. This daddy kit. It's beautiful. Um, so uh, we're providing a special limited-time offer to the uh, Barstool community of uh, 50 bucks off your first purchase. Go to daddykit.com to order your kit and enter promo code FACTOR50 during checkout. That, check that's D-A-D-I-K-I-T dot com. Yeah, daddy's like one of the few shining lights of 2020. Um, that is, unless you're one of the one in ten men that wanted – to have a kid and find out that you're you can't yeah, yeah. unless but other than the, that for nine for ninety percent right. of them yeah unless you're there's the, other there's the, other ways too you can unless adopt you're the zero and ten yeah. that want to jack off on that sperm donor chair right mm-hmm. 
It's great um, for at least 90%. <laughs> we still got to do the contest. I mean, we're talking about the wait list, but I think we should do the sperm contest, too. All right. All right let's let's do, do it. I'm, I'm going I'm to get in touch with Daddy. Um, all right. Well, let's take it over to our interview with uh, Assemblyman from Nevada, Steve Yeager. Hard A, Nevada. Oh, yeah. All right. Welcome to the show. Democratic State Assemblyman from District 9 in Clark County, Nevada, Steve Yeager. Steve, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hope you guys are doing well today. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Doing, yeah. Doing How about yourself? Well. Yeah. Uh, doing pretty well. It's uh, not too bad in Las Vegas today. I think we're right around 100 instead of 115. So that's a victory. <laughs> oh, wow. Score. Yeah. Is it, Can prostitutes is it... walk around in that weather? <laughs> <laughs> not not where I live, but I can't oh. speak for other parts of town. Okay. Yeah, you got to get further out of the city for that. <laughs> it um, must be so tan this summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or burned. Yeah, or burned, right? Yeah. Is it smoky down there, too? It's smoky up here in Reno. I'm in Reno, and the other three guys are in, in uh, Austin, Texas. Yeah, it's still smoky. We've got some uh, fires over in California on the other side of the mountains. So uh, it's getting better today. But uh, the good thing about the smoke, I guess, is the sunrise and the sunset look pretty cool. But other than that, everything about it's bad. That's true. You have, like, a cool yellow light uh, coming through the house. But that is the only, the literal only good thing about it. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, well, Steve, I know you're a huge uh, Vegas Knights fan. So, yes. you know, uh, recently tied up the series. I mean, they smashed the Canucks in game one and then game two, a little bit of retribution. How are you feeling about them in the playoffs? You know, and then also about how they what have they done for the city of Vegas? Oh, man. I mean, the Knights have been just amazing here in Las Vegas since uh, ever since they started playing three years ago. Uh, I was hooked right away. I, I was born and raised in Michigan, so I used to be a Red Wings fan. And then I lost, I lost interest in hockey for a long time. Once I moved out West, uh, once the Knights came, I was, I was sold. They've done so much for the community. Um, I'm very excited about the playoffs. I mean, last night's game obviously didn't go the way we'd hoped. Um, I think the defense uh, wasn't very good. They put a letter in some pretty bad spots last Mm. night, Um, but generally feel, feel pretty good. I, they they tend to rebound from those things. And, you know, I have uh, some family up in Vancouver, so they were, they were giving me a hard time last night so hopefully tomorrow night we'll we'll go up to one and we'll have the end of that rivalry yeah there you go. You'll, you'll you'll be happy to know we interviewed uh or we did a live show with darren mccarty of the red wings you know the, the enforcer for yeah a long time so yeah they, those teams back man those teams were amazing and i remember when they had that rivalry with the avalanche and the goaltenders i mean it was just that that was can't miss yeah hockey. that was amazing those years and then unfortunately you know once that once the contract got dropped and they stopped showing those games on, on tv it was a lot a lot harder to maintain interest. And when, I tell you when the first game I went to the first regular season game, I went to here th- uh, three years ago was the Red Wings were in town against the Knights. And I went with a Detroit friend of mine and he said, well, what are we going to do? And I said, what do you mean? What are we going to do? We're wearing Knights jerseys. This is our team. <laughs> this is yeah. Vegas's team. When they moved to your city, you kind of, yeah, you're, you're, you're yeah. kind of pot committed there. That Darren McCarty kept picking on me. Assembly. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. That was, that's kind of the way he was, you know, he just pick someone well, and just pick on him. Yeah. He's mean. I, I insulted Canada in front of him and he tra- almost challenged me to a fight. So luckily I dodged <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that. I mean, he really was upset. Uh, one yeah. more quick sports question before we move on to other stuff. Um, Raiders coming to town, obviously weird year for the NFL. Also yeah. what's the, the stadium we hear. Maybe uh, what, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Is there some shady? Well, the, sta- <laughs> the stadium looks great. I mean, I can see it. It uh, looks great. Yeah, out, it looks amazing. I walk out my house, I can see it. It looks amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Again, I, I'm a Detroit guy, so I, I'm a Lions fan, which means I don't really watch a lot of pro football because the Lions are painful. Mm. Um, you know, but a lot of folks here are excited. You know, there were a lot of a lot of Raiders fans in Las Vegas already that would travel, um, you know, to watch them in California. So, so you're not going to since they're a transfer. That's not your that's not your ditching the Lions for them. That's not night style. Well, you know, the Lions are just uh, rooting for the Lions is just a, a way to continually remind myself of the suffering in life. And so I don't mm. think I'm going <laughs> to give that up. But, you know, also, look, I certainly hope the Raiders do well. And I think it's going to be good for Las Vegas, obviously this season's weird because we don't have all these people coming, hanging out for the weekend, watching games, spending money. But I right. think once we get back to something approaching normal, I think it's going to be a big deal for the city. Well, Steve, I got to ask you, the Raiders are like a crazy girlfriend, right? Who's like super hot. And you think you can tame her. L.A. thought they could tame her. Oakland thought Nobody they could tame can. her. Do you, do you think you guys are going to be marriage material for the Raiders? Or do you think you're just going to get <laughs> have a have a good time and then end up getting, uh, you know, a dear John note on, the, on a nightstand? Well, I, I certainly hope they're here to stay. I mean, um, you know, I think Vegas is unique. 
Yeah, no, that's true. But, you know, I think Vegas is unique in the sense that um, if you look at the Knights, for instance, uh, the, when they have teams here, I mean, their fans travel and they stay and they, they stay in Vegas for days and they party. And so, you know, it's an interesting mix here of sort of like locals and other folks. And so I think what we're going to see with the Raiders is a lot of those away teams that come here oh, are yeah. going to bring a lot of their fans. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to help it be sustainable. Uh, but, and you know, not that this is scientific, but I've seen an inordinate number of Las Vegas Raiders license plates as of late. And I think they might even be out. There's tons up here in Reno too. Yeah, so, I mean, they might just, even yeah. be outnumbering the Knights at this point. So I certainly hope it's going to work out, but you know, I'm anxious to see how this goes as well. There's a market for it. And I think like, I have a theory, like the Knights are doing well in their first three years. I think that the Raiders will do well because I think teams come in and will get the Vegas flu. Uh, whereas the other teams, hmm. you know, oh, yeah, it's you, a huge home field advantage. It's, it's huge. Home field. Like the teams come there once a year, maybe twice a year, and they're going to party. Whereas the, the Vegas Knights, the whole the state Vegas of Raiders, they live really, there all year yeah. round. So they don't have to, you know, party the night before the game. Well, so you, well guys, you bring up a good po- you bring up a good point too because with the hockey playoffs being in the bubble up there, I mean, you lose a lot of that uh, home ice advantage. Yeah. Not ju- not just the flu advantage, but you know, just yeah. it's just nothing like being at a, a Vegas Knights game. And so it's a little True, it's fun to watch, but awesome, it's disappointing yeah. to not be able to be there in person. Right, well, and For especially sure. your prostitutes when they become fans of the Raiders, <laughs> it's really going to be in their hands. You know what I mean? Because they'll be doing the liaison, the secret liaison with the the visiting team. Work will pick up, yeah, and they sure. well they'll be mm-hmm. able to you know keep them up all night you know what i'm saying <laughs> what, whatever whatever it takes to win yeah there you go <laughs> takes a village. All right, let's, let's move, move on. on uh so steve i, I see that you are a, a cornell man you graduated uh, from michigan first right and then you went to cornell for your law degree um can you we, we certainly had a dis- discussion about the you know ranking the ivy league schools can you rank um the ivy league schools in your mind maybe um you know us news has uh, cornell at the very bottom i mean you're below god forbid you know columbia and penn for christ's sake um <laughs> Can uh, can you can you give us, you know, your ranking of, of, of the Ivy League schools and also which secret society were you a member of at Cornell? <laughs> well, if I were a member of a secret society, I'd be sworn not to reveal which one I were a member of. So I can't answer that. But, Fair enough. Um, you know, the Cornell was interesting because I told myself I'd go to the best law school I got into. And Cornell was the best law school I got into. And I went there and I feel like I was deceived in a way because I saw that campus in the springtime and it was really, really nice. And then law school is in the winter and it's brutally cold. Um, And I'll tell you what, the interesting part was I was happy to be there. I thought the the campus was great. The faculty was great. There were a lot of students who were mad they were there because Cornell was like their safe school, right? (laughs) They wanted to be at Harvard, (laughs) Yale. Uh, They want to go where their parents went. So at least in terms of perception, I think you have to start with sort of the Harvard and Yale's of the world, and Cornell um, sort of gets down there. And one other thing about Cornell, and you can make your mind up about this, I don't know if it's changed, but back when I went to law school, they were one of the few schools that didn't interview, do a personal interview for candidates. Like most times they have alumni interview you, which I think weeds out some of the socially awkward people. Um, mm. So mm. Cornell didn't so the, do that. The, the office <laughs> lied with Andy Bernard having to do interviews. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I, I think they did, but you know, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed being there, but I'll, I'll say this: I have not um, been back to Ithaca since I graduated, and that was about twelve years ago. I mean, I just have really, really sort of dark memories of it doesn't how cold. have the pull of Vegas, does it? Ithaca? No, it <laughs> doesn't, and it's really hard to get there from Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. uh, but good education, and there's not much else to do there other than focus on studying. Well, Steve, yeah. you we, must have we, cleaned gotcha. up if because you, you're a gregarious guy, and you said it's a bunch of social nerds up there. You must have just been swimming, and if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, the competition was not fierce. We'll say it's not yeah, that. that. We have, oh, we nice. have an intern that went, uh, a lawyer intern on the show here that went to Big Green, went to Dartmouth. So anything Ooh. you have to say to him, Big Red versus Big Green? I noticed you guys beat undefeated Dartmouth in football last year, it looked like. I don't know. Yeah, we were having a really great hockey season until uh, COVID hit. I actually saw Cornell play here. They came and played a tournament in Las Vegas and oh, nice. uh, did really well. So. Uh, I don't have too much to say. I'll tell you what, I went to one Cornell football game, but after being in the big house for Michigan games, yeah. uh, go, going to Cornell games, you can yell and the players can actually hear you. Yeah, on and the actually field. messes with them. Yeah. It's, it's, like it's really, really weird. Well, it's a prison. So, <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I know. So, uh, other than hockey, I really didn't uh, participate the in the sports there. My, Michigan was sort of where my allegiance was. Well, okay. Someone um, now, on a serious note, you, you voted yes on the Nevada police reforms for Nevada law enforcement, uh, which did things like defined and outlawed the chokehold for police officers, as well as enforce the rights of citizens when they were dealing with law enforcement, filming, things like that. 
Obviously, there's been a big debate in this country on how to reform our criminal justice system with varying opinions from reallocating parts of police budgets to social workers, et cetera, uh, you know, the defund the police movement, if you will. And then I'm curious what you think the best approach is to make the systematic changes necessary so we don't repeat the incidents of unarmed Americans regularly losing their lives. I mean, I think that the bill you voted yes on was a, a small step, but what's the, what's the next step? You know, I think one thing we need to take a look at is the kind of training we're doing. I mean, we can say you need training in this and training in that, but what kind of training are we doing? If we're not doing sort of real life scenarios, getting our uh, aspiring officers out in the community and dealing with real situations. I mean, you can sit in the classroom and watch videos and read books, but that's not the same as being out there in the field. So I think that could be a next step is making sure that we bridge those gaps because, you know, I think from what I can tell, most officers here, certainly they want to do the right thing. It's just, they're put in really tough spots sometimes. And I think the more we can replicate that in the real world, and help work through that. Um, I, I think that that will help. You know, the defunding issue, I'll tell you here, we, we don't fund the police at the state level here. We fund highway patrol, but it's mm-hmm. mostly local government. So, you know, I've never been a favor of defund the police. I think it's a misnomer, right? And you, you hit the nail on the head. It's about, should we use some of that money elsewhere? Maybe the answer is yes, but, you know, that's something that our local governments will decide, the county commission, the city council. I think most officers will tell you that the most difficult people they deal with are mentally ill people. And so unless we're doing some real training for law enforcement on dealing with mentally ill people, it might be time to get some social workers to ride along with them to be able to hopefully deescalate some of those situations. Because, you know, when you got two people and they're looking at each other and are coming from different vantage points, there's a lot of opportunity for misunderstanding. And if we can eliminate that, I think we'll be better off. We're never going to make it perfect, but we certainly can make it better. Nice. We had a a retired officer on and he said largely the same thing, uh, training and mental health. Yep. Those are two Perfect. big ones. Two big ones. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my wife does uh, mental health training for officers. She runs the mental health court here in Las Vegas. So she actually does the course uh, for law enforcement. And, you know, it's very valuable because she talks to them about what are their symptoms? How are they going to react to what you're doing? And I think if we can come at it from that angle, we're going to be better off. It's labor intensive. It's time intensive. It costs money. But in the end, it's going to save lives. It's going to save officer lives and it's going to save uh, lives of people out in the community. And that, that should be uh, valuable and should matter. Yeah, that's necessary work. That's good work. So I'm assuming Governor Sisolak called that special convention. Um, and we're also reading that Trump is suing Nevada and Governor Sisolak for a universal mail-in ballot program. Is that true? What are your thoughts on like mail-in voting in general and how that'll play out? Yeah, so Governor Sisolak called two special sessions, one to deal with the budget, one to deal with some other stuff. We just got done with those a couple weeks ago. Um, you are right. State of Nevada is uh, yet again being sued by the Trump campaign. I think this is the second <laughs> or third time we've been sued by the Trump campaign. Um, the other times we, we've won in court, so I, I feel pretty good about it. Um, you know, the mail-in ba- ballot, uh, mail-in voting gets a lot of um, a lot of attention. There are a lot of opinions about it, but we just dat- had a mail-in voting for our primary, and we had not one single problem, not one case of fraud. We had record turnout. Um, so looking yeah, I, at the I, general. I, I, I participated in it and I mentioned on a previous show that it seemed fine to me. So did you uh, yeah, seemed, you guys talk seemed, with your friends over in Iowa about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it went a little bit better than there, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I tell you, we're always looking at other places in the country to figure out what not to do. Um, but I think, you know, our, our track record here, we have some really great elections officials from the secretary of state to the local people. They know how to do these things. Um, I think it's going to be great. Our, our Las Vegas, uh, the elections official here in Las Vegas asked for this uh, by mail as well, because, you know, with the COVID situation, and we can talk about this, I mean, it really matters for a place like Las Vegas. We are based on tourism. And if we start to see spikes in numbers and the narrative out there is Las Vegas isn't safe, guess what? Nobody's coming here. And we don't have an economy because we don't have a state income tax. We rely on gaming and tourism to Mm -hmm. a great degree. So I think when we looked at this issue, it's, look, let's keep people safe, but give them as most many ways as possible to exercise their right to vote. So you want to mail in it, you mail in. You want to vote in person, you can still vote in person here. There are all kinds of ways you can vote. And you hear this narrative, we have to mail in. You don't. You can go mail in person. You can go vote in person and use one of the machines just like you could before. But if you don't want to do that, then you can mail your ballot. Well, Steve, real quick, is the economy going to go off a cliff there? I'm curious because, you know, obviously tourism, entertainment, that's the most hardly affected right now with COVID. What's going on on the ground floor there? Yeah, it's it's really rough. I mean, I tell you, when you take away concerts, conventions, Mm. nightclubs, sporting events, I mean, those are those are the things that generate money. People will come to Vegas and they'll gamble. Right. But nobody gambles like when they're here on an expense account or they're here at some big event. Um, So right now we're really hurting. Um, I think to answer your question, we we are going to need some kind of vaccine uh, to be able to get Las Vegas back to normal, because I don't think anybody 
uh, has an idea of when we're going to be able to do conventions again. Yeah. How long be before there's serious, serious consequence down there? I mean, uh, uh, I guess like I feel like everyone well, feels like that might be happening, but you're on the ground floor seeing yeah. it, right? Well, so one of the things, one of the reasons we were called up to a special session was to address the budget for this coming fiscal year, which started in July. So I think we have a pretty good sense of what July that just passed and next June looks like. And our projections are very, very conservative. They're based on the fact that we don't think we're going to be getting back to normal. So we have about a year. If we don't get things back to normal by next summer, uh, we're going to be in real trouble here because, I mean, we are so more so than any state in the country, maybe with the exception of Hawaii, we are tourist space, and if we don't have tourists, we don't have an economy. Yeah, I mean, even I have up a here, suggestion. it's Tahoe and stuff. Yeah, sorry. Right. I, have, I have a suggestion. I'm just going to jump in with it. Maybe you could help us out with this. Um, political gambling. Uh, you know, we'd love <laughs> to get involved in political gambling. If you could start putting that on the docket of things to vote on mm-hmm. and push for and be our champion for legalizing political gambling, that would be great. Well, yeah. you know, one of my former colleagues actually brought a bill uh, several years ago to do that. And it didn't go anywhere. And I thought at the time there was some kind of federal prohibition on it. I don't know if that's the case, but, you know, obviously yeah, there might be. Europe. There might be, Steve. So, so well, let's, so, push, there. So, let's, push, let's push back on it, you know, I mean. Yeah, well, you know, we, we could have a change of administration here coming up. I don't know if that's going to well, be on the priority list you know, or not. It's, sta- it's a state's rights thing, actually. Uh, you know, so, and let me I want to transition to a different state's rights thing that has maybe helped. I don't know. You can let us know, which is cannabis legalization. So. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you as somebody who moved to Nevada in December 2017 for your fast action in the legislature uh, to get cannabis sales going very quickly after legalization in July 2017. So uh, how has cannabis... Round of applause. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're some dope boys and some former dope boys on this show. <laughs> that, that, that's great. No, you're talking about the early start program. Once yeah. the voters legalize, we said, let's get it up and running. You know, so I, I used to be a public defender a while back, and I can't tell you how many people I represented on really stupid marijuana offenses. I mean, it was dumb. Mm-hmm. They were just being arrested and, and, you know, thrown in jail on these, these minor offenses. So for me, like legalization was, was easy. Uh, conceptually, it was just, we had to get the voters to agree to it. So I've sure. been a champion of that. I mean, it makes sense. Look, we're Sin City, we're Las Vegas. We have a very libertarian uh, streak in the state. So to me, my only regret is we didn't do it sooner. Uh, I think we yeah, should have been the profits, first state. Right? Yeah. yeah, we should have been the first state out there. But that being said, you know, um, I, along with some other folks, we we went to Arizona and saw what they did. We went to Colorado. We went to Oregon and Washington mm. to sort of learn how they did it. And we try to take the best of all of those. Did you just get high in all those places? <laughs> well, there is a thing called contact buzz. So I think that definitely happens. But uh, beyond beyond that, I'll have to plead the fifth. Okay. I got I got married in Vegas two years ago, and my guest list would like to thank you for that. Mm. <laughs> no, I think it's been good. And look, I mean, I, I'm not here to judge anybody, but I just think there's so many fewer problems with cannabis consumption than with alcohol consumption, especially when you talk about people being aggressive and out of control. So, yeah. Have you uh, noticed you know, any uh, people, you know, ask me at since moving here and never living somewhere where it was legal before? you know, what the difference is. And I haven't noticed anything negative in terms of just like out, out around town. I mean, have you noticed anything in terms of like, you know, actual statistics or any negatives at all besides just the tax revenue? That's no, great. you know, I, I get complaints sometimes from, from constituents who have neighbors who are smoking in their backyard and they yeah. don't like the smell of it. But I mean, other than that, um, I really haven't, it's a little so weird right now because is, uh, the one, yeah, the smell and, and you know, it's still federally, weed. <laughs> it, well, that's true too. It's still federally illegal. So the whole gaming thing is a little weird, right? Because right. you can purchase it here, but the casinos aren't supposed to let you have it in there. But I think um, that's something that could change. I mean, if the federal government just said, we're going to move it to schedule two, I think you'll see all the casino establishments here will be the first ones to open their doors oh, and have yeah. consumption lounges and products and all that good stuff. Well, that and, uh, you know, political gambling. We should really push for that. Federal Things are looking up in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good, good, good 2021. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we got one more, one more for you. Wes, you want to grab it? Well, yeah, I was going to ask you about the, the, the marriage um, age that you, that you changed to 18. But I would, I'd rather talk about donuts if, you, if you'd rather oh, talk, yeah. about, mm. talk about donuts. Oh, yeah. Donuts. Um, uh, I, I'm told you you like donuts a lot, so you just want to talk about donuts for a minute? Yeah, yeah I, I love donuts. I, I try new places all the time. I started, um, actually, I got my arm twisted a few years ago to do a fundraising event where I, I run a 5K, just three miles, and I eat donuts <laughs> while running it. And then Whoa. we raise money based on how many donuts I eat. What's so I mouse? think last, 
Yeah, I think last year I did uh, 15 donuts. Wow. Um, and I can wow. tell you, it's it's pretty brutal. I like donuts, <laughs> but by the end of that race, I hate donuts. And there were also bet, bets that were taken whether I would have a reversal of fortune. Yeah, yes. are, you, oh, right, are you a right. married guy? Is, is your wife or your partner like, what the heck? Come on, bro. Just run the yeah. race. You're putting yeah, yeah, donuts no, while I you're running it. So I got to tell you, my wife initially was like, this is one of the dumbest ideas you've ever had. And then I told her, well, it's $1,500 a donut right now. And it's one of the kids with cancer. And then she mm-hmm. said, now you have to run it. And she was the one at the finish line saying, you can eat one more. And I was like, no, I'm done. And she's like, what? no, you eat that last donut. <laughs> what, what donut goes down easiest in a race like, like that? Come on, you like, skinny son yeah. of a bitch. Um, have another one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, crisp, crispy creams are the way to go. Yeah, Cause you can you take those things yeah. and you can ball yeah. them up and then Size. just have some water. But, um, you know, any donuts that's that heavy, that's heavy is, is really bad. But, mm. um, so I have to exercise a lot because if I just ate all these donuts, I didn't exercise, I'd probably yeah. be about 400 that's, pounds and that, that my wife only, would not be cool with. Yeah. The only 5k you can gain weight in right there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You a milk donut guy. You like to drink milk with your donuts. I, I, I don't, I, oh. I'm typically, uh, don't, don't repeat. I'm like a Red Bull and donut guy, which oh, is wow. probably worse. Yeah. That's Whoa, awesome. That's talk about life on the wild. Like your heart is right. a lot like my heart. <laughs> it's so great. Awesome. Well, yeah, Subliman Yeager, thank you for coming on the show. We very much appreciate it. Yeah, it was my pleasure. And I'll definitely be back on again if you guys will have me. Yeah, we, sure. sure. we might have to come down for that donut race. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you gotta you gotta participate. We're gonna make you run and eat the donuts too. Okay, fair enough. A trip to I, Vegas I that, is long overdue. That would be a great video. We'll we, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. that's the only way I will <laughs> run. <laughs> oh yeah! All right, and that's gonna do it for Hard Factory. Thanks for joining in. Um, we 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 lightened it up at the end. I think we're gonna end up strong. Florida Man Friday this week, right? Uh, we'll mm. do an RNC review. We'll add some brevity to that. We'll do a Florida Man Friday. We love you guys. Uh, leave us some five star reviews and and have a great fucking day. See you later, yeah!